taking breaks and and see like I wasn't planning on doing seasons initially. It came about with feeling a little burnt out. Like I need to take a break. Let's take a break and let's just start it back up as season two. Um, and so seasons became important to me for my own mental health and keeping things fresh. And so I'm still excited about the show and not doing it over and over and over again and getting burned out. But also it's a good time to take a break and say, okay, let me redesign the logo. Let's, let's keep certain aspects of the original logo from when the show started and let's see how we can involve that and change it into different things for the same season for different seasons but still have the same identity for the show hey guys welcome back to the hive podcast episode 100 we are live streaming this episode i've never actually live streamed a recording of the podcast. So this is a first. I had to do something different for the 100th episode and um, talking to a few of you out there that enjoy listening to the show. You thought it would be cool. So let's check in with the chat. I am super rusty on, <laughs> on live streaming. I think I got a decent setup because I can't really read the comments with my laptop, which I use to stream everything because it's it's over here. My Even with contacts, my vision is horrible. So um, I have... The laptop mirroring, not mirroring, but like screen, not even screen sharing, but I have an iPad monitor um, over here, like on a clamp to my bookcase. So it's right here, like right in front of me. So I can look at you guys here at the teleprompter. I can look over here. Um, so we got a lot going on here, but let's, let's check in. Uh, we got, oh, look at this. See, let's see if we can edit the, how do we do this? Let me edit. So you can actually see the text. Let's try white. Save. There we go. This kind of looks okay. There we go. Mr. Camera Junkie, welcome. And we got Doc Rock. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Julie, been such a great supporter of the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and yeah, let's. Doc says we should we should stream them all. Stream them all. So uh, real quick. Before we get in um, to inviting our special guest hosts back to the podcast, um, so if you have a guess of who the special guest host is, drop it in the chat. We'll see if you're right. Um, drop them now before he before he comes on. But um, if you're if you're listening live, you know, and you want to show your appreciation, there is the super chats. But don't feel obligated. I'm just glad you guys are here. Um, if you're re-watching the live stream or you're listening to the audio version because this is still going to come out on Monday. This is just when we're recording it. Um, links to everything that we talk about and the show will be down below. As always, if you uh, want to save some money on Ecamm, which I'm using to live stream, fantastic program. Um, my affiliate link is down in the description and a coupon code to save you guys some cash on that. So don't forget to save yourself some money if you want to look at Ecamm, which I've used for... Um, I think over 50 episodes of this podcast. I absolutely love it. So, um, and yes, Julie is right. Our guest host is Mr. Tom Buck. So let's just bring him on to the show. Tom, what's up, dude? Yay. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks, man. And, and for everyone watching live, um, let me know if like I need to adjust my volume or Tom's volume that we sound somewhat the same. The magic right. of post-production is I can make them sound the same, but when we're doing it live, we want you guys to hear... Um, everything good. I didn't realize you were going to edit this. So I was under the pressure of like, this has to be perfect the whole stream. And then oh. uh, audio version cool. is always, Be always edited. Always. 
<laughs> I'm used to my lazy man's workflow, so the stream is the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which I should, if I, well, I, I don't want to say if I didn't care as much because I'm not trying to say you don't care, yeah, but right. it's like, I'm just so particular on like the EQ that goes into it. And even mm-hmm. just, you know, with, with anything over the internet, there's slight delay. So even if it's like just a half a second too long of a delay, it bugs me. And so I got to tighten up the audio and um, yep. it yep. makes doing it much more difficult because sometimes it's like Sunday night and like, I got to get the episode out and I need to edit this and I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. As a, as a guest though, or a guest host in this case, uh, the really cool part about that is I never have to worry about sounding good. Cause I know like I try to sound as good as I can, but once you do your magic to it, I'm, it's going to be fine. Unless you edited this part specifically to sound terrible. So <laughs> that, my point. That's an idea, but, um, that would take too much work because then I'd have to go out of my like normal, uh, routine. Yeah. Well, congratulations on hundred episodes. That's a really, really big deal. And it's been super cool to, to not just be a fan of the show, but to like have been on the show several times and to really like, because you reached out so early when you were starting to, to have gotten to like be there the whole time and watch the whole thing has been just so exciting. And I'm really, really happy for you and just super excited for you and for the show. Thanks, man. Well, I mean, of course, I mean, you hear this all the time, but like you were a big influence on me actually pulling the trigger. And that was before we even knew each other, right? Just watching your videos, researching the gear that I wanted to start the podcast the way (laughs) I wanted to. Like we always talk about just use the gear you have. I mean, I've done microphone comparisons with like uh, just the the standard headset microphone that comes with like an Mm -hmm. iPhone. And if you hold it close, it doesn't sound that bad. I mean, I listened nope. to a Padres podcast because I'm a huge baseball fan. And it's a like the guy does live streams like multiple times a day, almost a daily podcast talking about the Padres. And now it's the postseason rumors and everything. But he does it in his garage. You can hear the dryer going in the background. He's not using like a nice microphone like ours. But I listen to it because I enjoy the content. And so it just goes to show you, like, it's not necessarily about the gear. It's about the content. But um, mm-hmm. I wanted to start it with specific gear. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're somebody who has high standards. And that's, you know, that's part of what makes you who you are and part of what makes the show so good. So that's been, um, it's been just super fun to see the whole thing grow. So, yeah, 100. Yeah. It's been, it's been fun. It's been, it's been hard. It's been, it felt like running a marathon and like at the end, when you're not used to running a marathon and maybe like you're on your hands and knees and crawling to that finish line, it kind of felt like yeah. that on that last stretch, like that <laughs> to get to 100 yeah. episodes. It was. Well, I've, oh. got, I've got some <laughs> questions about your journey because I, I have some things I want to know uh, specifically about your show and your journey, because I think there's a there's just a lot of very interesting tidbits to dive into there. Let's get into it, man. All right. Um, cool. Well. First off, I definitely wanted to say my congrats. I said the congrats. I think you know this because we've talked about this, and I'm sure other people who are into podcasting might know this, but just in case they don't, the average podcast only lasts seven episodes. So typically when somebody says, I'm going to start a podcast, they get to episode seven, and at that point the newness has worn off and the kind of the drudge of like having to make a podcast every week or however often you do it sets in and it's, you know that's where you sort of figure out maybe it's not a priority anymore. And so I'm going to stop my 
uh, weekly podcast after seven episodes. I've had a podcast end after seven episodes. It wasn't even intentional. And I knew that statistic. And it was literally just after seven. I was like, I'm out. Like, I did everything I wanted to do. So it's a thing that happens. You've got 93 episodes beyond that, which is absurd. And, and it's something you're doing, you know, on your own time, on your own money. Like, it's not it's not your source of revenue. You're not being bankrolled by a distributor or a company or anything. It's it's It really is a passion project. And so I want to know just right off the bat why and how you have been able to go 93 episodes beyond the average podcast. It's, man, I wish I had like the magic answer, like <laughs> this is it. And so if you all do this, like you're going to do it. But there is... There is no magic answer. And like, to be honest, it was a complete roller coaster of <laughs> feeling confident, feeling like, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? Should I keep doing it? I need to take yeah. an extended break. We're back at it. It it's it is a roller coaster. Anybody that podcasts, I think, will find that it is a roller coaster. Hence why people drop off after seven episodes, because they get that high probably by like episode three or four. And then after that, they're like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of work. I don't want to keep doing this every week <laughs> yep. because you really should be uploading at least like on a weekly consistent basis other than taking breaks. Because if you do it every other week, like I just twice a month's not enough in my opinion. No, um, unless it's and, a really highly edited, like special thing. Right. Um, and even then like edit it in advance and release it every week or something. Yeah. So it's, it's been, <laughs> it's been a journey. Um, I think the only thing that's really kept me going, well, a couple things, um, my wife has been insanely supportive, absolutely insanely supportive with like letting me have edit time to edit the podcast. Mm -hmm. And um, most of the time I try to record these like when she's out running errands or she's at work and doing it during the day. Um, but the weekends, because I procrastinate all the time is when I end up ed editing them. So she's been supportive with that. But it's also just the feedback from the audience that's been here from the very beginning that has enjoyed yeah. the podcast and like notices when there's not an episode. Um, so that's, that's really what's kept me going is support from, you know, friends and family and the listeners, yeah. because if you're not, if you're not having some sort of dialogue with who is listening to the show, like what's the point? Yeah. That, that's something that, that really shocked me. Um, and I think it's something you and I have both had to learn in our own ways with our podcasts is you, even if it's a weekly thing, you just can't do it every week, 52 weeks a year. Like you need breaks and the show has seasons and all this kind of stuff, um, which is nice. And sometimes even when you don't intend to have a break, you have to because life happens. Right. And so it's like, okay, I'm not going to do an episode this week. And I remember the first time I ever did that a few years ago, I'm like, okay, it's supposed to be an episode this week. There's not going to, in my mind, I was like, I felt like I was letting myself down. Like, oh, it's supposed to be my thing, but it's okay. I was shocked when I had like, a couple of messages and emails from people who are literally like, are you okay? I wanted to make sure nothing is wrong because I know my Monday morning episode wasn't there. And it really, that's when the light bulb clicked that like, oh, oh my God, there really are, I'm making a thing and I'm making it kind of in isolation because I don't have guests on every episode like you do. Mm -hmm. And then I, I know I click an upload button, but it's like, oh shoot, that means it actually is going out there and, and somebody is listening to it. And I know that sounds very basic, but when you get that feedback that it really is being listened to, it's a really different experience than, than you know, just making something from start to finish. It's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, that's been a struggle in itself too, just the format of the podcast. It's a little different when it's like, it's just you or you sprinkle in yeah. guests because you always kind of have, um, you can always record because it's mainly just you talking about a specific topic. When you're reliant on guests and other people's schedules, 
it can be very, very difficult because sometimes yeah. you're recording. I've done it where I've recorded three episodes in a day and then you don't go, you go for a while without recording because of people's schedules and stuff. And so you, you feel like you get a little rusty or yeah. you just run out of content because everyone's got busy schedules. So that, that is super difficult. That was my other thing is because I was thinking like my personal podcast has uh, 130 episodes at this point. Um, but most of those are just me. Like the, I have guests I have, and I, you've been on it and my wife's on it all the time, but most of them are just me. And that means it's all just my schedule whenever I want to, whenever I don't want to, if I need to do a couple at a time, if I want to change the last minute, it's no problem at all. If I want to change the topic, there have been times where I need to sit down to a topic and right as I'm about to hit record, I'm like, actually record. And now here's what I want to talk about instead. Like, um, that is a lot of freedom. And I think that has been something that in a way has made my journey past a hundred way easier than having to schedule a guest 100 different times. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that brings its own challenges, <laughs> right, Tom? Like it brings its own yeah. challenges because you, I'm not saying that like, I'm not applying this to you, but I'm saying anybody that like has a solo podcast, you could run into that imposter syndrome super easily. Like feeling like I am not an authority on the topic. Right. What if someone, heaven forbid, someone disagrees with my take on this, on this topic or this feedback. Oh my gosh. You know, so yeah. that in itself brings its own challenges. So, I mean, just yeah. like anything, it's, it's difficult. Podcasting yeah. is fun. Yeah, and I mean, you, you, do, you can feel like you're a little bit isolated and a little bit, you know, like, have I talked about this before? Did I have this discussion already? What is, you know, like you really have to figure out the purpose of why you're locking yourself in a room and yeah. talking to yourself for a while <laughs> and sharing it with people and why that somebody would listen to that. But yeah, you being able to do 100 episodes with guests is, is so interesting because I remember when we met, that's, that's how we met. You reached out and the show was just starting um, and I, I, the, the reason I said yes was because I was like flattered and the way you presented yourself in the show was just so good. It, it wasn't like, even though the show was new, it didn't feel like this rinky dink thing where someone's like, I, I'm going to start a podcast. You want to be on it? And it's like, cool. Where is it? When is it? And it's like, oh, I think I'm going to start it later. And like, do you, do you actually have a podcast or <laughs> you just want like an hour of time? Cause yeah. those are different things. And you, you just present yourself in this really specific way, which I think helped get, you know, helped you get guests consistently early. And I know just in talking with other people when it's like, oh yeah, I heard you on Jared's show. Oh, Jared's great. Jared. So like, then it gets a reputation among your guests as being fun and being, like I said, you're going to sound really good. It's going to be edited. You kind of have some trust when you go on the show that it's not going to be a train wreck. And I think that helped it grow. But I was thinking earlier today, that a struggle that you might have or maybe you've had is running out of guests. Like you might have a list of people that you want to go on. I'm sure there's people you haven't been able to get that would be on your dream list. But I'm wondering if you've run out of guests and then a, you know, another point to that question would be now that you've had multiple people on multiple times, how do you approach that when you need to do a repeat and it's like, okay, well, I've had this person on before, but we can't just... You know, I'm not just going to redo the interview I did a year ago. So I think you have a unique situation in having a guest-focused podcast that has run for so long because then you start having these other problems that most people don't have when they're just doing their sixth episode and trying to get their sixth right. guest. So I'm curious about that process and how you've thought about it and how you've approached it. Yeah, I mean, that that is a definitely, definitely something that has gone through my mind. Like, okay, 
I have a list. I've gone through a lot of that list. I'm always looking for new creators to to come on the show, but I also want, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but I also want them to be like a little bit more established than like we have a handful of videos, you know, because I want a unique input and someone that's just starting out while they do provide a unique input. I don't want them to come on the show and then like we've never, we never see them out there on YouTube or Instagram or anything over again. So um, I do want some sort of establishment. I do have standards. Tom. <laughs> um, what? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, anybody can come on the show. Uh, <laughs> yes. Join I, right I, now. Click the link. <laughs> I've had repeat guests on and, you know, that's been more apparent this season. But we're trying to top, talk about different topics now. So if I'm going to have someone new on, yes, we're going to revert back to me hear about what you're doing. What is your journey? What did you come from? What's the goal? But now when I have people back on, when I when Doc comes back on, we've talked about different topics that are trending in our creative niches. Um, Michael Soldad's come back on, you know, the episode we had la- last week. Yeah. He's talking about the the trends in product reviews and um, embargoes. Are brands having too much input over the creators and stifling creativity? Um, so mm-hmm. we're talking, starting to evolve the show and talking about different topics when people come back on. And I think that's, that's okay. Cause when you look at guest shows that are on TV, like, uh, you know, Jim, you know, the late show, they have repeat guests all the time, but why? Right. Because they have something yeah. else going on in their life. They have some new creative endeavor they're doing and they bring them back and they talk about it. So, um, I'm yeah. not worried about having people back on running out of guests is 100% a thing when you focus on a very specific niche, you will run out of guests. And so you got to get creative about how the show's going to evolve and having people back on. I do want to start incorporating more solo episodes, but I have to get over that fear of feeling like I don't know what I'm talking about, you know? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, with the yeah. World. Yeah, I mean, I would love to hear more solo episodes and, and you know, like Jared's thoughts on things and then guests kind of supplement, fill in, evolve those thoughts. But I did just think... I got to uh, be careful because mentioned- sometimes I got to filter my thoughts. Because sometimes they're really hot takes and people might be like, whoa, okay, I wasn't (laughs) expecting Jared to say that. (laughs) Well, you mentioned the late night thing and that made me realize now that I've guest hosted twice, more than once, that kind of makes you Johnny Carson and I'm your Joan Rivers. (laughs) (laughs) You can be my Joan anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. Uh, It's a really cool little position to be in here. But um, yeah, I think that's... I think that's interesting. And you even talked about seasons because I remember you and I, um, I mean, you and I have talked every time you sort of like pause for a bit and come back and you do like a branding refresh and stuff like you're, you know, you put a lot of thought into how the show evolves and a lot of things are very intentional. And, you know, I, I really appreciate that. And I think that's a cool way to keep things fresh because you're going to grow. Anyone who does something a hundred times is going to grow. If you, even if you think you're doing the exact same thing every time, episode one versus episode 100, even just in your performance, your your presence, your production, like things are going to improve through the repetition. But you do a lot of conscious evolution too, which is which is a really cool thing. And I remember when we were talking a while ago, like, you know, you were going to add the video component and then you were going to, um, you were looking at like slightly shorter episodes for a while that were maybe a little more focused. And it's been interesting to see, you know, you'll do like a run of episodes and sort of learn from that and then evolve the show, try it, learn, evolve the show, try it. And I'm curious, I'm curious what some of the maybe more interesting or useful practical lessons you've learned from doing that are. 
And if you now at 100, if you're thinking about more ways to continue evolving the show, unless it's top secret. You don't yeah, no, no, it's fine. So first off, real quick, if you are in the chat and you're watching live, if you guys have, you, the fun thing about doing this live is you guys can be part of the episode. So um, if you have questions, I mean, most of you here have been on live streams, drop a question, Q colon, drop the question. But uh, Doc, thanks for the super chat, uh, $53, because he was guest 53 the first time he came on the episode, uh, came on the show. And so that's obviously his <laughs> his favorite episode. So uh, I appreciate that, Doc. Thanks, man. Um, going to answering your question, uh, Tom, it is, I do put thought into evolving the show and changing things up. And I think an you know, Doc asked this, like, what aren't people talking about when I was on the Flow podcast? And we sh- I should have brought this up. But, like, evolving your podcast slowly, I think, is important for longevity and to stay consistent yeah. with the podcast. Because just like anything, if it's if it's crazy repetitive, even for you, you lose interest. And your audience will tell. And you'll – it just won't – you won't get past that seven-episode mark, yeah, you know, or, 100%, or whatever. Yeah. So – um, taking breaks and, and see, like, I wasn't planning on doing seasons initially. It came about with feeling a little burnt out. Like I need to take a break. Let's take a break and let's just start it back up as season two. Um, and so seasons became important to me for my own mental health and keeping things fresh. And so I'm still excited about the show and not doing it over and over and over again and getting burned out. But also it's a good time to take a break and say, okay, let me redesign the logo. Let's let's keep certain aspects of the original logo from when the show started and let's see how we can involve that and change it into different things for the same season for different seasons, but still have the same identity for the show. And same thing with, you know, maybe evolving the show into having more solo episodes, but still keeping it around creativity and topics that are going mm-hmm. on within the creative niche whether that's gear-related stuff or t- going deeper into um, brand-stifling creativity, you know, what, whatever it is. But <laughs> that's it's okay to one. take breaks, and I think that's a good time to say, hey, I want the show to change a little bit, but I, you still need to stay to your core values of yes. the show because you don't want to lose the audience you've you've built over that time. I hope that answers your question. No, it, to- it totally does because I think that's a problem that a lot of – Heather and I, my wife, were just talking about this last night. I think that's a problem that people fall into, but you do something long enough and, you know, you might get bored of it, even though you're not necessarily bored of it, but the way you're doing it has just been so similar. And I think a lot of people, their impulse is to completely shift gears and like, that means I'm done with this and I need to go over here. But that might not be the case. You can potentially just evolve what you have and, you know, make a few modifications that are going to reignite that passion for me, for you, and then also provide something new for the audience because, what you just said too, the audience is, is there like they're, you know, your audience is here for a specific thing. And if suddenly you wanted to make like a fiction sci-fi podcast, that's cool. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's probably not why most of the people here want like click on every week and are expecting when they listen to the show, like that would be an entirely new thing to start. And I think sometimes people get in their own way by shifting gears way too fast, like going in steps, going in phases, evolving over time rather than these crazy harsh turns that sort of give everyone whiplash. Is yeah. And I think probably it, a good strategy. it comes down to what your ultimate goal is for your show. And that goal can change. There's not that goal can evolve and it can change. But when you initially start out, 
thinking about what your goal is, because I know people do podcasts for different reasons. Some people do it as therapy. They just need a, a, yeah, an outlet. That was me at first. Right. hundred <laughs> percent. And it's fine. And maybe as you do that, you notice, Hey, I'm like, I like doing this and your goal kind of, it shifts and that's okay. Yeah. But you need to keep your audience part of the process. I think that's the most important thing, making sure you're building a community and your listeners come back each and every week because they enjoy listening to the show. How much more are they going to enjoy it if they feel invested in it, if you're including them in your thought process and your decision making yeah, for the show? Exactly. I um I see a question from Julie over here yeah. that says, I'm taking a cue from both of you to incorporate seasons when I start back up in January. I've learned that new seasons bring new topics, ideas, guests, and seasonal partnerships. 100%. Yeah, seasons. You and I both do seasons, and we did not start out planning to do seasons. <laughs> so it's been, that's been a, a really huge, important thing, I think. Um, and it is important to keep in mind, because if you're just like, I'm just going to do one every week forever till I die. And that ugh, was the goal. That was the goal. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Because you mentioned therapy. When I started my podcast, that was the thing was, I've been making YouTube videos for a few years, which is great. And I love, like, YouTube is my primary thing. It's what I love so, so much. But YouTube, you know, it's really specific. I spend time cutting out every little breath, <laughs> every, every like, what I think is an unnecessary moment gets out of there. So that's a very specific type of thing. And then my day job at the time was teaching, where even with great students in a great class, they're all teenagers and they have the attention span of, like, I don't even want to say a goldfish because I have had goldfish that have way longer attention spans, but I couldn't even get through a sentence without like, you know, having to pause, having to repeat, having to do this. And I just felt like a crazy person. And so the idea of being able to sit down, focus on a topic that was interesting to me and just explore it in depth for as long as I needed to was one of the most appealing things in the world. And it, it felt so good to like, not have to condense it into an eight minute or 12 minute video to not have to repeat it a hundred times and get interrupted repeatedly, but just, just go with the, the, the flow of the topic was absolutely amazing. And I loved it. And then it, it was after just 21 weeks of doing that, I was like, oh, I got it all out. Like it's all out of my system. I don't have that feeling anymore. Now what do I do? And that's when I decided, <laughs> I guess I'll take a break and uh, do a, a season, uh, come back for another season, I guess. Um, but that was sort of how it was, was it was a weird feeling of like, oh, that thing that was built up actually got it all out. And now, now what? And seasons turn out to be the answer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think everything we're talking about can probably apply to just about any creative outlet that you're doing. Even, yeah. even when it's YouTube, YouTube, it's a little bit more important oh, probably to post consistently, but Hey, if you want to take a break, that's fine. Maybe plan around that. <laughs> know ahead of time and, uh, right. You know, record some episodes ahead of time but even if you can't ultimately like this is a creative outlet yes sometimes some of us like tom do it as a living and you got to be a little bit more strategic strategic about it but that's i think that's important you need to be strategic about it and think about um how you can continue to do it and and plan accordingly and not fly by the seat yeah. of your pants which if right. that's what you want to do right. when you start out that's okay because a lot of us did right um, and, and, you know, there, there's benefit to that at a certain time, which by the way, I actually learned last week, the origin of the expression fly by the seat of your pants. Oh, um, because Tom is taking flying lessons. So let me guess it came right, from this. Right. It came from that. All right. It did. It. it did. It did. But, um, it's when you're turning a plane, you're going into a turn, you're trying to coordinate, not just your roll, but also your yaw. So you have to like push on the rudder so that the plane doesn't 
do this weird thing and everything feels smoothly. And there's a whole bunch of indicators in a plane that tell you if you're doing that in a coordinated way, but you can also just feel it. If you find yourself like everyone's leaning to one side or leaning to the other side, it's uncoordinated. If you find yourself, even though the plane is sideways, you're sitting straight up, it's coordinated. And so especially in, in way back when, people didn't have all the like a freaking Garmin thing in the plane. So they just literally felt by the seat of their pants how the plane was flying and then they were flying by the seat of their pants. Well, there that's you go, kids. We heard pretty it here much today. <laughs> I blew my mind when I figured that out. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but yeah, that's it, it, there is something to be said for just, you know, I think there's a good mix. Like I know personally when I outline a season, which I've, I've uh, for a while now been doing 10 episode seasons, I do outline them in advance. So here's the dates that these episodes will probably go out. I know that might change. Here's some topics. Like I know my fifth episode is going to be a Q&A. I know, you know, there's this topic I want to talk about. This would be a really good first episode. Like I, I kind of like put that out a little bit. Some of them are still blank, like episode eight, question mark. I don't know. Um, but you know, there, there's, there's some basic room to evolve. And then, then I kind of assume that I'm going to do my four topics here something is going to happen in two months that I'm not going to predict. And then I'm going to want to explore that more. So that's going to be an episode topic. So it's like having a structure and then being able to change that structure as necessary has been something that works for me. I don't know what your approach is or how you plan out your, you know, your episode runs yeah. or your seasons or how much you put into that and sticking to it or letting it be fluid. Yeah. So that is something I'm trying to put more of an effort into. It's actually something I've been thinking about even today when I was getting ready for this episode. Um, because after this episode, episode 100, it's a good time to like, okay, we're going to, we're going to pause and take a little bit of a break kids. And we'll, uh, we'll see you after the new year. Cause we're getting into the holiday season and everyone's schedules are busy and it's yeah. really hard to get guests on. So we'll take, we'll be back after January 1st after this. Um, so a little about a month and a half break. A um, little longer than I'd like, but I'm okay with it because I do want to implement a new kind of planning strategy, mapping out episodes a little further in advance. And um, like I have a whole idea of how I'm I'm using it. I'm going to use Millinote, going to map it, have like a brain map kind of wow. you know, when episodes are going to come out, topics, guests. Because as of right now, it's more I have it on the calendar and it's just like episode you know, record podcast. 80, 81, 82 Mondays. And then like, as guests fill in, the names go next to those episode numbers, um, mm -hmm. as guests agree to come on and schedules. I mean, that's the nightmare. It's just scheduling. <laughs> so, oh my um, God. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try to do a better job at, and I go through phases. I've gone through a phase where it was super well planned out and it was very coordinated. I had a set record day. I use Calendly to like schedule everything and ask intake questions. And it was very structured. And I did that for about like 30 or 40 episodes. It was great. Um, and then I just kind of fell out of the habit. <laughs> yeah. So like anything, it, it comes in ways. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I still can't believe the, so when I, I don't know if you, I think we've talked about this, but when I started my YouTube channel, uh, I wasn't supposed to be on the YouTube channel. Like it, it was my channel. I wanted to make the videos, but I was like the behind the camera person who was basically my idea was to profile people um, who were finding cool ways to like 
uh, indulge or explore their enthusiasm for different things, whether it was career or personal. That was the enthusiasm project. That was the whole idea behind it was I'm going to profile people. I had this all list, basically everything you did. Like I had, here's my people. I'm going to reach out. This is what this person said. This is that person. I was like coordinating the whole thing. I'd been wanting to do it for years. And then I remember sitting there looking at it and going, okay, taking into account work schedules, people's schedules. This is a whole video project. So I'm going to have to produce this whole thing. Uh, I could maybe do one every month or two. (laughs) It's like as much as I could ever do. And then I had the light bulb of like, if I'm the person on the video, I could make 10 videos this week. Like, there's no, it's whatever I want. Um, and I didn't want to be the person on camera originally, but it opened up so much flexibility. And the same thing, like, I like different ways of podcasting. I like having guests. I like doing solo shows. I like doing video. But sometimes doing an audio-only solo episode where I can just, like, be in my pajamas... Off. Right. There's no pressure. pressure. There's no lights. There's no messy hair, the whole whatever. And I can just sit and just talk about something, hit record, upload it. It's done like four minutes after the episode's done. It's uploaded and scheduled. And I'm just like, my God, this is the best workflow in the world. You know, but you can't can't do that every single episode. But it is really nice to kind of like throw those different things in there. Like here is a solo episode. Here is a guest episode. For me, I guess it's sort of opposite. Having a guest on is the is the treat and is the difference. Like I love Q&A episodes even where I can play messages or read things from other people and it's like other voices are in the show. Um, yeah, so having that variety I think is key and I'm excited to see where you decide, you know, where you decide to take the show past 100. Throw yeah, it's... There are podcasting be- silver play button. You would get it. It's going to be difficult because um, I find that I get lost in my own head and thoughts and start to ramble. So I definitely need to out like I don't outline these that much anymore. Um, I might Mm -hmm. have some topic ideas. Uh, When I first started out, I outlined tons of questions and sent them and felt a little too like stuck to them. And um, part of being a good interviewer is you have to be a little prepared for whatever comes out of Right. The response of the initial question and you kind of see where the conversation goes and it makes it feel more natural and it's easier to listen to. But I'm going to have to structure the solo epi- episodes a little bit because I might get a lot of those ums and uhs and long breaks. <laughs> it might take a little yeah. longer to edit. And then also, like, <laughs> I don't want to stop doing the video portion. I think doing video yeah. podcasts are important. We can talk about that because Ricky from Filmtopia is asking a couple questions in the chat about yeah, that. Yeah, I see but, some good questions down here. Um, I don't, I got to figure out how to do that and keep it interesting without it just being me looking at the camera talking, which right, like cool, but is someone going to listen to me just talking straight to their face when they're watching on TV. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't <laughs> find myself giant that interesting. TV, um, just but as we were talking about Jared talking about this i'm curious i have a question for you tom how are you sure. consuming the podcast you listen to are you listening so, mostly audio or video or a combination this is a it's a combination um i <laughs> video podcasting i have thoughts of i think it's a very important thing in basically 2023 at this point yeah, yeah. i think you you can't ignore video podcasting uh i consume mostly audio podcasts. My mo- my main consume, I see uh, Filmtopia asks, what's your favorite podcast to consume other than your own? Actually, don't listen to my own podcast, but mine is Talking Simpsons. It's a it's a podcast chronological exploration of The Simpsons. And I'm, actually, I'm a member of their Patreon, which also gives me access to Talking of the Hill, a Talking Futurama, all these other podcasts. That's awesome. <laughs> and so it's the two hosts, and I think they might have an editor too, 
the whole thing is supported only through Patreon, no ads or sponsorships or anything. Um, and it's all audio only. And I'm like, my God, they built this whole empire on never having to turn on a camera. Um, sorry, I'm getting a weird little thing on. I've, I have a webcam over here that's freaking out for a second. It's okay. Um, but they, they built this whole thing on never having to turn on a camera and to be to be on screen. And I love the audio stuff because I am I love doing stuff while I listen to podcasts, right? Like I love putting this in and going working in the yard or cleaning up something, vacuuming, washing the car, whatever. Like I, I have so many weird memories of like vacuuming my trunk, listening to you talking to Kevin, the basic filmmaker or whatever. And I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> um, whereas video, the thing is though, if there is a video version, I do choose the video version, even though I don't watch most of it. Like I put it on and I glance at it from time to time, but I'm mostly just listening to it but I'll still choose it if it's there. And I feel so bad because I'm like, I know how much work this is and I am not giving this the attention it deserves, but so it is. So anyway, yeah. um, I, I do the same thing. I mostly consume audio, but video too. I, I do the same thing. I mean, if I'm driving, it's it's audio, unless it's like a live stream podcast, then I'll pull it up yeah. on my phone and stream it through the speakers. And obviously I'm not paying attention to it while I'm driving, but I can still yeah. listen to it. And it feels like you're not in the car, car alone. Um, but like Monday mornings, Enthusiasm Project, if there is a video version, it's up on the background while I'm getting ready for, you know, whatever I'm going that day <laughs> and that week. And like, yeah, if you talk about a topic that is more visually oriented, like then I'll stop for a second and look at, at what you're talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's Ricky, a key thing too. Yeah. Sorry. I, I was just... I think that's a key thing too, is the visual thing. Cause sometimes I know me, like I'll talk about these old cameras or something and like being able to hold them up and show, trying to be aware that most people are only listening. So I'm describing in that, but for the people who are watching, you can actually, it's not just my face on screen, but yeah. you're actually seeing the thing. And I think that's, that's a cool thing. Sorry. Um, let's talk about Ricky. Yeah. So Ricky's asking a good point, like good question of starting a, uh, a video podcast at the start of 2023, any suggestions for following my, should we put the vid podcast on main channel in hopes that YouTube makes a podcast mm. tab? Um, well, Ricky, YouTube does have a podcast tab. They have one already. <laughs> Actually, you may not be aware, but they they do have one. So if you go to the search at the top, you know, we'll have like beauty, gaming, entertainment, all like there's a little, there's a podcast tab now. So you can, you can click that. It's in the early stages. They haven't really yeah. stated how you, you would even show up on there or how those videos that are showing up on the podcast tab are showing up. I'm sure it's just by trending topics and, and views at this point, but it's already there. So you should do, you should do a video, whether you put it up on your main channel um, or a separate channel is totally up to you. I see advantages from both aspects. I think if it's going to be a Filmtopia podcast, I think my personal take is it would fit perfectly on your, on your current channel. And your current audience is going to be the audience that is going to be consuming it anyway. So why make them go to a separate channel? That's my take on it. You see some of the larger podcasters and YouTubers starting a separate channel. And I honestly think that's mainly from a monetization standpoint. They have such a big following that they know that they can double dip on that audience and double dip on, on the monetization, getting them to go to a separate channel. That's my take. It's probably not the only reason they do it, but it's, it's probably a good reason why they do it because you look at Marquez. His podcast is fantastic. Like you asked yeah. what's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to that's not mine. 
well, first, I don't really ever listen to my own podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, other than just to check that like the audio sounds okay and it uploaded correctly. Um, but I love listening to the Waveform podcast because it's it's similar enough to where they deal with topics that I'm interested in and it's around creativity because it's around tech and I love tech, but it's it's still kind of different. Um, but I think they do separate a separate channel because even though all the topics and it may be the same audience as his main channel, you can monetize, monetize that, that second channel now. And even the third with their waveform shorts. And so they have all these different ones that they can monetize. That's my take on it. And that's a, a good reason. But if you're just starting out, I just put it on your own. If it's the same topics yeah. that you're already making. Yeah. If, if it's, if it's in line with it, it, I mean, I, I think it very much is a case by case basis, but it's something worth considering. I think especially when people are just starting out, they can be too quick to make second channels and third channels because it's like, okay. You're going to burn yourself out. I, yeah, you're going to burn yourself out and there's way too many ideas. Like do one thing and see what it is and what it catches. And then if you need to evolve it and change it or whatever, you totally can. But yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. It, video podcasting is such a such a thing. I got to say though, YouTube, in in this day and age where currently um, social media platforms are imploding on themselves. Yeah. Uh, YouTube in like the past couple months has just seemed like they're just doing like, like hit after hit after hit of like really cool new features being implemented and cool new ways of doing it. It's, it's crazy. Uh, and I'm, it makes me really excited for the platform. And I know that they've more publicly now done, like I saw doc said, imagine if there was a man, man telling people for two years about the podcast app, but now that it's like, it's not something you really have to dig for as much. It does lead me to believe that YouTube is going to continue to then, you know, really explore how they can approach podcasting. I, I, I'm not a fan of a Spotify's walled garden approach personally, but I do think it's cool that if you want to upload a video podcast to Spotify, you can upload your video podcasts and then the other directories will just get the audio from that. You don't have to upload two files or anything. I think that's really cool. And it would be awesome if YouTube could implement something similar, but more, I don't know, YouTube in and of itself is just a more open place. Um, but something like that. So point being probably worth investing in YouTube if you want to do video podcasting, because even if it's, even if everything you want's not there now, if they decide to put it there in the next six months or a year, you're going to already have like this whole thing already there ready to go. Yeah. I think, I think it's a good call. Uh, me and Doc have talked about this. There's there's a lot more people in the chat. I got to learn how to scroll through through this. I'm so rusty. <laughs> um, I'm curious to see. I, I actually had a conference call today with uh, some people from PodFest. And mm. uh, one of the topics I was talking about is, is how video is becoming more and more important. And it was actually kind of funny because right before I started doing the video or right at the early stage of when I started incorporating video, there was a lot of people that were like podcasting coaches that were anti-video podcasts. It was yeah. like a flip of a switch overnight because everyone was like, no, you don't need to do video. No, no video. And then it was like all of a sudden, yes, you need to be doing video. You need to be uploading video. Why, aren't, why don't you have a video podcast? Uh, it's the next trending thing. It's pretty funny. Yeah, but it's crazy. There's no good way to analytically. It's such a it's such a mess and analytically because you got the video version on on YouTube, oh. you got your audio version on your podcast host, which doesn't necessarily communicate well with the RS feed, RSS feed that 
Apple is right. grabbing. They have their own analytics. Spotify has their own. Every player has their own analytics and doesn't necessarily report back correctly to your podcast hosts. And now you're incorporating mm-hmm. video. And how many of those listens or watches are unique versus people that are double dipping into the audio now? Like, it's a complete and utter disaster mess for analytics. <laughs> oh, it is. Do you, do you spend a lot of time, do you focus on your analytics a lot? Not anymore. No. <laughs> when you start out, absolutely. Right. But now it's just like, I, no, no. Yeah. Because I'm not no, trying, I'm not actively hard. going and trying to get like sponsorships for the show. If I was, then, then yeah, maybe, maybe I pay closer, closer attention. But at this point, no, not that much. Yeah. <laughs> There's no reason to. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly that like that and part of the joy, I guess it depends on what you're doing your podcast. But for me, it's a creative outlet. And it's like, I want people to listen. That's why I'm publishing it. And I want them to like it. But I don't want to dictate my I don't want oh a lack of numbers or whatever to dictate how I'm feeling about the thing that I'm making. It's I don't know. I'm very protective of that. Yeah. Let's see what. A, oh, boy. Oh, we got yeah, we a lot of people in the chat. We got a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Doc says no separate channels unless you're going to talk about something wildly different. It's only, uh, Jay, it's the only reason they to invest in their stats dipping. Okay. Yeah. So no separate channel unless you're going to talk about something different. So I think that's, that's a good answer. Don't start another channel. Like if your podcast is going to be for the same kind of audience, why try to gain that audience to a separate channel? It just doesn't make sense. It's, you're, you're making more work for yourself. Yeah. Podcast movement yeah, yeah. is all about vodcasts. Yeah. So video podcasts, yeah, they're a thing now. It's definitely a thing. It's just, uh, it's like, the thing. The reason I was against it for so long is it's like, okay, I learned how to um, do like an ollie on my skateboard. Now I'm going to do like a, tr- a triple 1080 through a half pipe on fire with this. It's like, you're just adding so much more <laughs> to the process and it's such a beast um, that I still don't think it's worth it in the end. That I don't think the workflow is worth it, but I think the it's juice is not worth the squeeze or right. The juice like is. <laughs> I don't think I don't think the video podcast juice is worth the squeeze, but I think it's it is what it is though. Like it it is the reality. Like people have gotten to a point where they expect video podcasts, and um, you know, not everyone is always aware of or cares or needs to get to care about the effort that goes into making something like. They don't care if a TikTok takes 20 seconds to make and your video podcast takes you a whole week to edit. They just want the thing there. Then that's what they want and that's what people expect. And it's like, at the end of the day, sometimes you just have to cater to like, this is what people expect. So that is what I, yeah. that's what I have to do if I want to do this thing. And will it stay a thing? It's a thing now. Um, you know, I've talked about why video is important. Uh, I think you should be doing video, even if it's just hitting record like we are now. One, yeah. Thank goodness for Ecamm and it recording when oh we go live. Oh my God, that's the I, thing that makes my... I totally forgot to hit record on the Roadcaster. So Roadcaster's not oh. recording, but like, whew, we got Ecamm. Doesn't and matter. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's recording. So video is great because you have a backup of the recording if you forget to hit yes. record on your audio recorder, which I noticed happened today. Um, and so Ecamm that's, does make the workflow way easier it than having it to does. just start from scratch. Um but videos, it, it, it helps you do, it helps you grow a podcast. Even if you want to do audio as your priority, like me, it does help you grow the podcast because now it becomes searchable because you can't really search podcasts unless you already know what you're looking for. 
Um, and it's good for an overall branding perspective because like, the most successful podcast there is nowadays is Joe Rogan's and he has the <laughs> video version, but he also turns that video version into 15, 20 additional pieces yeah. of content. And I'm nowhere close to leveraging the video version of this podcast the way I tell people to because it's it, it, yeah. it is it does take a lot of time. But being able to divide it up into smaller little segments that are searchable, like the possibilities are endless with video, even if yeah, it's just an outlet to try to get people over to the audio version. It serves a purpose. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It does. And you just you can't ignore video in today like today's day and age it's just not a thing you can ignore so i agree which is why hey i even though they're not public i still do video versions of mine sometimes <laughs> well that's right yours aren't public huh you have to be a member they aren't so if you've seen it that means you're special i got my like 12 plus 12 plus month i know badge. <laughs> i know which, which is the true buck blue, buck blue. <laughs> each month cycles through a different color and the 12 month is the actual correct blue <laughs> It was almost like you put some thought into that. I actually did. <laughs> yeah, channel memberships—they're fun. It's that's super awesome. I, I have a question for you. How do you? How do you, I guess you don't really do audio, audio editing? Your podcast has such a uh, consistent sound, even though you listen, mm. to, you use different microphones. Is there any like special trick to that, or is it just um, um, you try to adjust it on the roadcaster? I think it's. It's two things. I think it's the roadcaster. Just I try to make sure things are good and follow my meters. And, you know, I'm fairly handy with the roadcaster at this point. And the other is Buzzsprout's Magic Mastering, uh, which I just enjoy. I click that little button and then I'm like, eh, if my levels are off, this will take care of it. And yep. it does is the thing. Like it actually does. I was super skeptical of it. And so that has actually saved me a lot of times because that is a problem is and it, it bo bothers me sometimes if there's a podcast I listen to repeatedly and it's like the quality is different every time and I never know what I'm getting into. And I always think like, guys, you got it right. Just keep doing that again. Like, what are you doing? And then I'm over here using a different setup every single episode. Like, but I, it's fun, you know, like I want to use different stuff all the time. It is a lot of fun. I'm using the Rode NT1A finally because I won some Rode contest and they sent, and they sent it and it took me forever to finally like, all right, I'm going to hook it up. And as soon as I did, I was like, Ooh, I like this. Yeah. I like the sound of it. Now, what I did notice a couple things, the road NT one, a setting defaults, the big bottom effect to like mm. 60. And I did a couple episodes <laughs> on that. And I even much. got some feedback from a previous guest that is like super awesome. Cause she reached out and she's like, it sounds a little too like boomy. Like it's a little too much. And it's funny thing. Funny thing is, I didn't really notice it when I was editing it, but then when mm -hmm. I went to go play it back, like, ooh, that is that is a little too much. So I yeah. took that big bottom like down to like twenty or thirty now. Because if I'm going to put some bass, I'd rather put it in myself. But I find when I'm EQing, that low end bass comes down no matter what mic I use. Like I, I pull it down yeah. a little bit. Typically, um, yeah. And as much as I like this, what what I did notice on the last episode, and I'm sure I'm going to hear it in this one is because this isn't a dynamic microphone, right? It, it picks up more of the tonality of the room, which I like, but I got a squeaky chair and I can hear yeah, that. That's been my problem. Too. <laughs> my if stool I move, is getting old and squeaky. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I keep hearing that. And it's like, uh, I got to yeah. either get a new chair I've or just been go adding... back to, I never noticed that with the <laughs> SM7B. 
Never picked it up. Yeah. No, the SM7B is so good at like not picking up other stuff, uh, which is great. But yeah, there's there's been times lately where I'm like, I'm just going to put background music in this video because the stool is so squeaky and then mm-hmm. just cover it up. That's fine. So uh, Doc is saying on Buzzsprout, the, would you say mm-hmm. they do that, that extra feature? Magic mastering. Ma- magic, which is basically alphonic, which I've tried. Yeah. I haven't pulled. I tr- I haven't uploaded an episode that I've run through Alphonic. Alphonic, it is interesting. I like it, but I gotta say, and you used to be on um, Anchor, right? At one yeah. point, so I'm on Anchor. Mm-hmm. They do something too, but I don't think they advertise it because it is definitely oh. sounds different slightly to the how it sounds when I'm exporting. It sounds different. And I like how it sounds. So whatever they do, I'm happy they're doing they should it. should advertise be- it. <laughs> because it sounds really good. But if you listen to the episode that I export, which sounds good, I got to say, it sounds good. But it sounds even better. <laughs> like once it's actually uploaded in live. And the funny thing is, once you upload the episode in um, Anchor, you can listen to it at the bottom. But that's mm-hmm. not giving you, it's funny because that sounds like the episode I exported. But then when I actually go listen to it through podcast players, it sounds different than that. Yeah. So they're it's doing like something on the, the processing. File right. And they're sending out the processing. Yeah. I think the, I mean, no, I, I know that Magic Mastering is Alphonic, um, but it feels like it actually does adapt. Like I try to get stuff right in the roadcaster and right. while I'm recording. So hopefully it doesn't need a ton of cleanup. And it seems like it is a dynamic, I don't know for sure. It seems like it is more dynamic. You know, like if your audio sounds pretty good, it's just going to use a very light touch and fix a few things. If you need a little more work, it's going to use a heavier touch. And I think that's great. I don't know what it does. I don't know if that's for sure or not, Um, but it hasn't been, you know, some stuff is real heavy handed and you're like, I please turn off. I don't want this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because not only does your show evolve, but the way you edit sort of evolves yes. if you edit your podcast. So like mine, mine definitely has, I love using presets and saving it because that helps it sound somewhat consistent, but I yeah. definitely like, I never used to normalize the audio. I used to like mm. do that basic adjusting levels by hand in the editor and watching like the, you yeah. know, the, the color thing. I don't even see it. I meters. have a podcast 100 episode and I don't even know what I'm saying. The meters. Um, and try to level those out by eyeballing it. But leveling out, like normalizing your audio, huge. Because it it makes it need less EQ, not EQ, but less compression and stuff. And it, it just sounds better. But I definitely EQ and compress every track. And then I also compress and limit the master file as it comes out on the other end too. And like... That has been something I've I've learned and I've liked how the podcast sounds on top of sounds doing good. the editing to each individual track, but make sure you do a little bit of a compression and, and limiting to the master track that's going out has made a huge yes. difference. And you edit in Logic? Yes. Now I do. Yeah. I started in GarageBand. Yeah. I mean that it's, and it's a almost good the same tools. From- it's almost the same yeah. tools. Um so audio editing, we kind of joke like I was joking, like lazy man's workflow for me over here. One of my favorite applications is, as much as I hate their subscription model, Adobe Audition. Uh, It's such a fun program to use, and it's so good for podcasts. And it's like, I like, I genuinely love editing an audition. It's so great. 
But I quickly found out when I was doing, I saw that Steve Worthy left a comment that said, I need you and Peter to bring back your podcast, uh, which I'm sorry that there hasn't been one. It's just, we live on other sides of the planet. And because it turns out the earth isn't flat, um, that makes <laughs> things hard. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Um, but when he and I were doing it, I could not not edit it because the, there was the delay and yeah. way too much difference in audio quality and studio space. And so I was like, okay, I need to edit. And that was where I really started digging into like, oh, I like this. Like, it's really fun to, I can make a guest sound better, not just sound better, but like literally I can cut out their like ums and uhs and stutters and make them sound like, like better. And, mm -hmm. and I got real quick from, I remember I was like, I just need to like change the delay a little bit and just, you know, like tighten things up just a little bit to like three hours later, there's 4,000 cuts in the episode. And it's like, and I, I love that. And I've even done that on my own a few times, but I quickly learned that I will do that every time. I, I can't lightly edit an episode. So it's either like, nope, it's the raw file, or I'm going to spend three hours digging in and like, like cutting everything up just for the audio. Um, and so that's a big reason why I don't. It's actually really fun. In a world of unlimited time, I would love to sit back there and just like dig into the audio editing for everything because it's audition. I keep trying to go to Logic because I, I like the music capabilities of logic which it's cheaper really doesn't have. in the long run it's cheaper oh it's way cheaper yeah, yeah. you just buy it one time <laughs> and you're done um but audition is so i don't know what it is it's such a fun freaking program to use and that's the adobe thing is like the programs are great and they work so well just, together right oh and yeah now i'm just lamenting adobe that's that's my podcast episode I'm going to record this week is all about video <laughs> editing applications. So I'll save this discussion for that. You know, <laughs> the, the one thing that drives me nuts about Logic, and maybe maybe I just don't know how to do this and someone will school me, but um, what it seems like with Audition, like Adobe's applications, like Audition and um, what's their editor? <laughs> I don't even Premiere? use it. Premiere. That they work so well together that you can actually round trip audio and master your audio mm -hmm. and bring it back and it like works perfectly. I don't think you can do that between Final Cut and Logic. You gotta like export yeah. it, then put it into Logic, edit, export that, bring it. It's it'd be so nice yeah, to be able to round trip things. You have some of the Logic filters and things, plugins or whatever available in they Final don't Cut, function which is as nice. good as they do. They, they don't function Logic. as good, and it, it kills me because Apple also has Motion, like their version of After Effects, which is like fifty bucks one time, one month subscription to Adobe will buy you Motion forever which also has Final Cut's real-time rendering. So as you're working on a motion graphic, obviously it's it's not as full-featured as After Effects, but it's honestly not bad at all. Um, and if, if they could do the Adobe thing of linking motion, Final Cut, and Logic all together in this fluid thing, I, I know Apple just doesn't, they don't invest in those apps in that way, but God, it would be yeah. so good. It's all right there. I would cancel Adobe and then just use like Affinity Photo, use those three apps, and I'm good. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I would love to hear a podcast why Apple ha isn't as invested in making those applications true competitors to what's out there because they are falling behind. I love using Final Cut. I will probably never switch because I'm so invested into all the plugin plugins and titles yeah. and everything that I have. But I wish they were a little bit more invested because now when they release the new iPad Pro, it's full on got um they have a result in the promo images. A competitor. <laughs> a competitor to their application. Yeah. 
Oh, so that's just, that's yeah. hilarious. As somebody who's currently working on a course for Final Cut Pro, I'm very invested in the continued success of that application. But I have thoughts about this, and I'm, I will share those. But it's it's this crazy thing where I know Tim Cook did recently say that they have been neglecting their pro applications, and they want to get back to that. And at the same time, one thing I do like, the thing with Adobe is you're going to get constant updates. And I know like you cannot update right away, but sometimes it happens anyway. And then things break. Like Adobe is also like it's a house built on popsicle sticks. Like you never know when something's going to just totally break and not work anymore. Whereas Final Cut is like, you get one update a year, kind of. And I know it'd be nice to have more, but it's like, I know like the app is going to work this way every time. <laughs> like the consistency is really good. And, you know, I don't want them to lose that if they dive more into it. But I'd love, especially in the world of video and audio podcasting merging together, Apple having Final Cut and Logic and then even Motion for your graphics and stuff all in this suite, it would really be a helpful thing for like the independent creator you know, like you and I to put something together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm happy they don't update all the time because every time there is an update, I'm worried that all my plugins will stop working for a period of time (laughs) and I need those to work for projects. (laughs) Um, but as doc brings out, like they don't, they neglect it because it's the, like the user base for it is small in comparison. And I get that, but it is an overall ecosystem thing for your higher end products. I think if you want, right creators and higher end even like movie houses to be using your products because there's been a lot of movies that have been you know edited on final cut you want those to work seamlessly with your higher end hardware products so anyway you don't want them leaving jumping yeah. ship and like oh da vinci's so much better oh and i can use i can use a pc now and i can get way more bang for my buck on a pc than i can on an apple device and like then you start losing those high-end people so anyway That's true We'll see. Well, Tom, I, th- I think that's a good place to to cut the 100th, 100th episode. It's been a lot of fun, man. Yeah, it has. I really want to, one, thank you again for having me on, yeah, yeah. Uh, both as a host and a guest over the years. I'm so glad that I was lucky enough to like be able to find you in the podcast early on. Um, congratulations a million times over on 100 episodes and future congrats and good luck and well wishes on future success. And I'm just really happy for you, really excited for you. And also just super proud of you. It's, I'm, it's so cool to see someone do what you're doing and do it so well. And to be able to say like, I know that guy. I've been in Thanks, his man. Tesla before. <laughs> Scared. Scared in the Tesla. But it was, I screamed, but yeah. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> All right, Tom, I appreciate it, man. Hey, hold, hold on because I want to talk to you about a couple other things. I want to talk to you about your Nikon camera that you're testing (laughs) so stay on but uh i'll talk to you in a minute well guys i appreciate you guys oh whoa what did that comment come back on i don't even know how to remove that see the joys of doing things live let's see here give me a second there we go that comment's gone now julie thanks for participating you were on the screen twice for the same comment but as always guys i appreciate your support thank you for listening thank you for watching if you're watching live don't forget to hit the thumbs up if you're watching now later um, and a quick plug for Ecamm again, guys, if you want to save some money, um, promo code down in the description, it definitely saved me on this episode because I did not hit record on the roadcaster. I was so like just focused on the live broadcast that I forgot to hit record on the roadcaster, but I don't have to worry about it because Ecamm's recording it automatically anyway. So I don't have to worry about it. So check out Ecamm. If you're going to do any live streaming or a video version of your podcast, I highly recommend it. It's pretty awesome. Uh, So as always, I will talk to you guys. Actually, I will talk to you guys after 
after the new year, 2023. We're going to take a little bit of a break, come back with fresh episodes. So I'll talk to you guys next year. <laughs>